hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning, Kern County. You're listening to AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Whatever your real estate needs are in Kern County, Lori and the McCarty Group are the local experts you can count on. Whether you're buying, selling, relocating, or maybe you just have a real estate question or two, all you have to do is call her at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her team will be delighted to help you. So feel free to reach out. And good morning, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you? I'm doing great. No place I'd rather be. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. So how are plans for that big concert coming along? They're rolling along. I mean, we're selling tickets. People are excited. And it should be a great time. Stramler Park, September 18th. Perfect. Yes, and I've, I've saved tickets for you. So I'm so glad. Don't worry about that. We've September got 18th. Right in the front. We got you right in the front. I'm glad. Look, I could put a couple chairs on stage. No, no, that's okay. How are your vocals? Could you? No, 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 no. Lip syncing is about all I'm good at. Perfect. Hey, perfect. We'll just, we'll pretend you can still be on stage. Okay. (laughs) No, seriously, this is about all the stage I need. Okay. (sighs) All right. All right. So uh, what are we uh, talking about today here? Well, today I am really excited because we're going to be speaking with Steve Montgomery, who's both a board member of the Kern Historical Society and a member of the Bakersfield Historic Preservation Commission, which is actually a group of citizens appointed by the city council with special expertise and interest in historic preservation. Both groups have done amazing work in Kern County to preserve our local history and historical buildings. But before we speak with Steve, I wanted to share an interesting real estate news update. You know how I'm always scanning information about what's going on in local and national news. So the New York Digital Investment Group recently conducted a survey that found that 46 million Americans own Bitcoin, which equates to 22% of all adults. So Adelaide, have you invested in cryptocurrency? I would be the one in five. Wow, great. Well, not great. Well, it has it has been a very volatile market, right? uh, Now it's interesting because Bitcoin is the one. That's the main one. That is the one. You're right. And I have a ten year old son, and there's these memes that Uh pop up on your social media. Dogecoin, right? And so we're like, you know what? Let's put some money in there. This is your college fund, but let's try. Let's put it. You know, see if we can grow it. Right. So far, not good. Uh-oh. It's down about 50%. Oh, darn. <laughs> well, thank goodness he has a few years before he has to go to college, right? Thank goodness for student loans. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to give it a shot. We Absolutely. A shot. Right? Oh, yeah. Nothing oh, yeah. ventured, nothing gained. Mm-hmm. So Nickel Digital Asset Management, a regulated European investment management, 
dedicated to the crypto market, surveyed institutional investors and wealth managers from both the United States and Europe, who collectively have $275 billion in assets under management. And their findings show that 76% of these individuals are concerned about the security of their digital assets. The same percentage said this about the size of the market and liquidity, followed by 71% who see the regulatory environment for the crypto market as a major issue. So keeping this in mind, many crypto holders have started investing Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies into less risky assets, such as, drumroll please, real estate. (laughs) So while Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are being used to purchase real estate in some areas of the country, it's important to note that oftentimes sellers prefer cash to cryptocurrency. If a seller receives multiple offers, they will most likely accept the cash offer, even if it's a crypto conversion, because of the volatility of the crypto market. You know, honestly, you don't know what the crypto is worth until you cash it out. Yep. But I know all this talk about cryptocurrency might be boring to some of our listeners. So let's get to the exciting part of the show and talk about Kern County's Historical Society and Preservation Efforts. As I mentioned earlier, this morning we have the privilege of welcoming Steve Montgomery, who's both a board member of the Kern Historical Society and a member of the Bakersfield Historic Preservation Commission. So good morning, Steve, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to them? Well, I spent most of my working career uh, working for the railroad as a uh, trainman, but uh, I did go to, uh, uh, to school. I, um, well, I didn't uh, get a degree. I um, went to uh, Cal Poly studying architecture. And uh, after I retired, um, I uh, decided to get back into doing some uh, drafting. And so then I started hearing terms like um, uh, OSB and um, things like that, and, and uh, wondered, well, what is all that? What do all those terms mean? You know, and I, <laughs> that was all completely new to me. So I, I took some courses up at Bakersfield College uh, and um, uh, started uh, doing some more uh, work in that regard. And uh, about the same time, I was on the uh, or asked to uh, join the uh, board of the uh, preservation of the historical society. Mm-hmm. And um, after um, uh, I lost my uh, position on the uh, Keep Bakersfield Beautiful Committee, um, Scott Fieber, pres- the chairman of the, um, uh, of the uh, C- City Preservation Commission, asked me to apply for the uh, commission. And uh, after a couple other people got appointed ahead of me, I got uh, appointed to the uh, commission, and now I'm serving as uh, vice chair on that organization. Fantastic. So how long have you been associated with each of those committees? Oh, uh, since, um, since around 19, uh, 2010. Okay, great. That's quite a history with each of them. That's wonderful. So can you tell us the mission of each of those organizations and how they're different from one another? Well, the Historical Society has um, uh, mainly been dedicated to um, uh, um, documenting and um, preserving our uh, history, making it known to the public through publications. Uh, we have uh, quite a number of uh, books that are available online 
of uh, local histories that um, the uh, society has published. Uh, several of them are, have been uh, were published in earlier years or are now out of print, uh, but probably can be found on um, uh, um, on the on the internet. But um, uh, the uh, uh, now one of the um, uh, missions of the um, society is they're working on um, uh, a placking uh, program of getting some new uh, historic plaques on buildings downtown. Um, since the uh, earthquake erased so much of our built history, um, mm -hmm. it's kind of important to have something down there to uh, tell us, you know, what's, um, you know, what was here at one time or what still is in the case of such uh, landmarks as the uh, Fox Theater. And the uh, commission, it's, uh, it's more of a uh, passive organization in that we um, uh, um, wait for um, uh, citizens, owners, property owners, to apply to have their property designated as a historic um, element. And uh, we assess that and make recommendations to um, uh, the planning department and to the city council. And, uh, <clears throat> but now we've become a bit more, more uh, proactive in, um, uh, with uh, uh, support from planning to uh, uh, develop some, um, uh, define some historic neighborhoods and districts and um, uh, make um, uh, and we're advocating for the um, to adopt the uh, Mills Act. Oh, okay, great. I'm, I've got some questions later on that I want to discuss about that. So that's wonderful. <laughs> I think this has been a really great introduction for all of our listeners to the Current Historical Society and the Bakersfield Historic Preservation Commission. Um, and I'm really excited to find out more. Um, about the great work that both of these organizations have done in Kern County and will continue to be doing. But before we dive in a little deeper, let's take a quick break um, so everybody out there can go freshen their coffee and um, <clears throat> join us back here in a few moments. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on KNZR 1560 AM. 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all of the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Or you can request an in-person tour, and she or one of her team will be happy to show you any of the available properties for sale. Whether it's a video tour or a personal showing that you're wanting, all you have to do is click on themccartygroup.com and start shopping. As the number eight agent for the Coldwell Banker in North America and the only Kern County agent to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Rankings for Agents in the Nation for 2020, her goal, as well as that of her team, is to serve you. So let them do just that. We'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM, 97.7 FM. Now that's smart.
And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. You can call Lori anytime, and that phone number is 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to the website at themccartygroup.com. Voted Best of Bakersfield, your favorite realtor for the last two years in a row, and she's certainly our favorite realtor here. Oh, thanks, Adelaide. You're welcome. And if you're just tuning in, we're visiting this morning with Lori's guest, Steve Montgomery, board member of the Kern County Historical Society and Bakersfield Historic Preservation Commission. Before we go any further, Steve, why don't you tell us where we can find more information about each of these great organizations? You can Google uh Bakersfield Historic Preservation, and uh, you'll, you can find your way to it. And uh, the um, uh, Kern County Historical Society has a uh, website that uh, includes uh, information about our current ongoing projects, and um, uh, our uh, publications are available for sale online. Um, so thanks so much for letting us get to know a little bit more about each of these organizations. You were talking before the break a little bit about the Bakersfield plaque project. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I'm really excited about that uh, project. We got a got got a uh, grant here um, uh, in 2015, <clears throat> and um, we are uh, fabricating, having fabricated, and installing new uh, informational historic plaques on uh, various buildings downtown. This project is not uh, complete, it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. uh, along with that, we'll be publishing uh, high quality uh, uh, paper publications uh, with uh, information and uh, photographs about the uh, related history of these, of these plaques. But I'd like to quickly segue to another project that we basically have got just about finished, and that is the um, uh, uh, historic uh, federal US 99 highway signs. Uh, originally, U, uh, U.S. 99 came north on um, Union Avenue to 18th Street, where basically Union Avenue kind of came to an end. And uh, then you would turn left on 18th to um, uh, Chester Avenue and uh, north on Chester to Roberts Lane. Roberts Lane then, uh, as motorists can see today, kind of turns up, goes west, and then uh, segues to the right northward along the railroad tracks and continued, continues north until it kind of disappears over there again uh, at um, uh, some of the other um, more recent development. Mm -hmm. um, and in 1932, I guess it was, they um, built the uh, bypass to skirt the edge of town, which became Golden State Avenue. Um, and it uh, crossed the canals and the river that we're familiar with, and it goes out, and of course it joins now State Route, uh, California 99. And um, uh, we put uh, signs in various places along both those routes. The um, earlier route states the dates that, the, uh, that it was the highway, then the later route just, has the, just indicates uh, US 99, historic route US 99. Well, that is very cool. So tell me, um, back to the plaque project, how does a building get designated as a historical building here in Bakersfield? Are there criteria for that? Uh, and if so, what, what are those criteria? Yes, the, uh, uh, there, there are actually two basic criteria that we look at. One is uh, cultural, the other is architectural. 
Okay. And um, uh, so a bu building can be designated as, as historic either as a cultural landmark or as an architectural landmark or both. Okay. Now, when it's um, historically significant because of architectural, is that because of an architectural style? Is that because of uh, that, that, that it was unique to this area or what? Actually, both. Uh, it's, it can be uh, a, a work of a known master architect, uh, somebody like, like either Frank Lloyd Wright mm -hmm. or uh, Richard Neutra uh, and a few of the other um, uh, major architects of history. Right. Um, or it can be a, a work of um, particularly well-considered unique design. It can, ha it can be uh, something that um, uh, reflects um, exceptional methods of construction, use mm -hmm. of materials, mm -hmm. um, or in the case of culture, it played some kind of major role in the history of our community. Right. And uh, often the two are the same. They, uh, for example, the, uh, a, uh, the train depot, for example, is Absolutely. very often a mm -hmm. uh, work of serious architecture. And uh, it also, in almost every case, a, an old train, early train depot is um, uh, a major cultural asset as well. Absolutely. So I think that kind of leads very, very logically into my next question and probably answers it as well, which is really, what is the purpose of historical preservation? Well, the element of history itself. Mm -hmm. um, we all want history. That is, we want to have some background and some context on where we are and why we're here. And um, uh, if uh, we don't know our history or know that we even have a history, um, we tend to invent it. Um, <laughs> so well, true. <laughs> one thing that, uh, one thing when I was in fourth grade and we would be studying history, American history, and we might study things back east with the Erie Canal and all of that, uh, the, the uh, early uh, development, uh, the Industrial Revolution of the 1830s, and uh, or the missions in California. And mm -hmm. finally, one time, I, as a fourth grader, I asked my teacher, don't we have any history here? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, she, didn't, she really didn't have an answer for that. Right. And today we see such things as well in Central Park. Um, yeah, we have some invented history there. Look at that covered bridge. I mean, it's cute. Mm -hmm. But what's, what's the context? Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't uh, Madison County, Wisconsin. No, it's not. This is Kern County. And we don't have heavy snow loads that block bridges. Mm -hmm. That's what covered bridges were for. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. it's just kind of an anomaly for this community to have some element like that when we have so much that was there and has been taken away that if we knew what it was and had some reference to it, right? and if the work we did today reflected that reference, you know, mm -hmm. we would have a greater appreciation for the history we actually have. There's a lot out there. There is. So what do you think the greatest success story for building preservation in Bakersfield is? Well, if I had to pick one, mm -hmm. I'm going to say the um, Current Security and Trust Bank building. Okay. Because I found that to be a very exciting project. Okay. And this was before I was on the uh, Preservation Commission. Um, during uh, my period as working for the railroad, I also took some time off on the railroad and worked for a number of architects here in town, including David Gardner Cross. Okay. And David Cross was a was an outstanding mid-century modern architect. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't worked for Dave 
for or seen him or even spoken to him in like 30 years, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from him out of the blue. Well, like a like a dog recognizing a master he hasn't seen in, in a decade, I knew exactly who I was talking to, and he's trying to introduce himself. I said, Dave, I know who you are. What's up? And he told me, he said, do you know anything about that bank building on the corner of 18th and Chester? And I said, well, yeah. I said, I've got a set of the original construction drawings for that building, a copy of them. Wow. And he about came to the phone. He says, oh, my God, can, we get a, can I get a copy of that? I was saying, well, sure, who's your printer? You know. And so mm-hmm. I met at his printer. We ran a couple sets. And uh, he said, uh, uh, then he told me that the city has ordered the building demolished. <gasps> and it's, it's a safety hazard. It's a burnout. All it was was four walls. It had that ugly facade around it that was desperately trying to look Tudor, but obviously something done by somebody who didn't really understand the, the uh, architectural grammar of Tudor-era architecture. Mm-hmm. And no ceiling, no roof. It was just open to the sky and, and uh, uh, burnout junk on the floor, the pigeons and all of that, and it was, it was a mess. But he says... I can show you this. Now I already knew this because I had the plan, so I knew that the building was a um, uh, Ecole des Beaux Art uh, neoclassic uh, structure mm-hmm. hiding behind that big plaster facade. But what I didn't know is that all that element was still there. I thought it had been stripped away. Oh. And he said because of the fire, all the woodwork is gone. You can see right between that shell of that outside facade, there's all that. You could almost walk in there. You know, oh, so, wow. oh my God, I said, it's still there. And he says, oh, yes, exciting. Is, this is what I have to show the city. And so he did. He took it to the city. And, of course, city planning planners looked at us and said, oh, uh, well, I think we've got to reconsider this. <laughs> so, so then they outlined, That's great. they outlined some work that had to be done. It says for seismic safety, you have to do put a roof on it, get uh-huh. a seismic diaphragm, do a couple other things to it, and it's good to bank, and it can stay there until you get a tenant to do something with it. Well, it took like five years, mm-hmm. but... They, they did. They, they stri- the owner came along. They stripped off that ugly facade. They restored the exterior. They had to make some changes because there's a, um, uh, a steel I-beam running on the outside of the building to, uh, for, uh, to tie the roof to the walls okay. for seismic uh, purposes. And so they had to redesign the, um, uh, free, the, the, uh, uh, the freeze along below the parapet. Okay. To, while it looked as, looks original, it does. It isn't original. It steps out because it's covering up that steel beam. Okay. And uh, so the thing does not. Like, the, the the parapet does not look exactly like the original. The broken pediment is gone. It's just it's just the continued continued freeze. But the style is right. Mm-hmm. They they did get it right, and it looks great. But the interior was completely empty. It was nothing but the brick, basic brick walls. No elements of the original interior survived. Okay. So they had a complete clean slate. So much like is done in Europe, they the interior is modern. Okay. A very distinctive, well considered, well designed uh, exercise of definition of space mm-hmm. and volume. And one thing from the original building they saved that they had still there was the was the mosaic floor. There's a beautiful mosaic uh, floor in that building mm-hmm. that I had no idea had survived. And after they cleaned it up, there it was in all of its beauty. And there it is, covered with an epoxy coating to protect it from further damage. And Fantastic. it works with all that new furniture and design mm-hmm. fixtures they have in there. And plus, they also have a good good cook and that good chef. And that <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing to me how well some of the old design, like the mosaic floors, works so well with some of the modern design. Absolutely. Um, the, the marrying of the two is just phenomenal. 
Um, so are there any exciting uh, upcoming preservation projects here in Kern County uh, uh, or in Bakersfield? Yes. The most important thing going that's facing us right now is probably the biggest challenge that I've ever dealt with. And I've had several successes I can name that I was involved with uh, saving from demolition, like the Cornet Department Store in oh, Baker mm-hmm, Street that mm-hmm. was, was slated for demolition based on the notion that it didn't have certain features, including a, a fire suppression system, which wasn't true. It does. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I made that clear with, uh, with a good photograph in a letter to uh, city planning. Uh, so that's a, that's a success. Um, but the biggest challenge we have facing us now is the uh, Southern Pacific Depot building on um, I know. Ch- uh, uh, Baker and Sumner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that building was built in 1889. It's a Richardsonian Romanesque style of architecture that was kind of uh, in a, another ill-considered notion of making a building look more contemporary. Mm-hmm. It had been sort of um, mucked around with. They stripped off some of the ornamental detail of the Richardsonian style and uh, covered it with uh, uh, shotcrete. And um, uh, it still has the same basic forms as has the the turreted um, um, gables. It has the uh, steep roof uh, that's that's, uh, consistent with the design. And yes, every, all those um, elements of uh, Richardsonian Romanesque design could be restored and the building could be brought back to its original appearance. What it would need is uh, seismic uh, upgrading to give it uh, greater structural integrity, and most importantly, a a new purpose, a new use. It needs to have some kind of reason for being there other than just being an attractive architectural and historic element. But it it needs to be both. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing, like right down the street is the Franklin Hotel. Mm -hmm. Now, that's an old brick building being turned into low-income housing. Now, what I would like to see is to see that street-side facade that was messed around with after the 52 earthquake where a more interesting uh, parapet was uh, stripped away to replace with a uh, concrete uh, steel-reinforced bond beam to give the building greater uh, structural integrity, is I'd like to see the the, uh, parapet uh, replicated using safe modern construction techniques, but uh, to appear as it did in the um, eight, in 1920. Right. And uh, among the problems that we're facing with the um, uh, depot is unlike the saving of the Fox Theater, mm-hmm. is the Fox Theater was, was was another threatened property that could have mm-hmm. been demolished. Its owner kept coming up with bright ideas about turning it into a six-pack or it was going to do something else with it or gut the interior, make offices out of what something. You know, they she had all kinds of bright ideas none of which would fly. The city kept throwing code at her, you know. Right. And uh, so finally she was uh, persuaded to sell it at a reasonable price to the foundation. And then um, when the foundation took over, they had a couple things working for them. It had all the needed structural integrity being poured, cast in place, steel-reinforced concrete. There's your seismic element. Right. You know, you're, you're done. Then it had rented street front storefronts that gave a small income that helped even though it was not anything that would do your it wouldn't do the restoration but it, at least it was a small uh, feed of money into the foundation for their work which mm-hmm. was a great help the uh, depot has ne- neither of these its structure is is uh, somewhat fragile in relation to the the needs for seismic right uh, since we're in seismic zone d mm-hmm. uh, there needs to be some additional work done there now, that's one advantage of that shot creek that's all over the building, is that shot creek does give increase the structural integrity of the building. Right. So 
I see leaving it there and putting some kind of a um, apply a new texture to the outside to replicate the original and bring it back visually to the uh, to its original uh, appearance. That's okay. going to take some study, but mm -hmm. that's just one of the one of the options. Okay, so you know when I was preparing for the show, <clears throat> I have to confess I I just learned that. Um, President Herbert Hoover owned a farm here in Kern County up near Wasco. Yes, he did. Um, I, I just discovered that, and I, I found that very fascinating. So what are some other historical buildings that newcomers to the area or even longtime residents might not be aware of? Well, um, uh, uh, Governor Earl Warren, who later became Chief Justice Earl Warren mm -hmm. uh, is from Bakersfield. Right. We have an entire building named named in his honor in Bakersfield High School's campus, and uh, his um, he's got a house nearby. We've had presidents who have other presidents who have lived here: uh, George H. W. Bush and his mm -hmm. and a little boy in a tricycle, George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, let's see who else was was here. I, we have other celebrities, though. There's absolutely. Uh, in fact, we have enough celebrities with who have been here over the um, over the century, and century almost century and a half now um, that we can have a celebrity tour. You know, just going to the various houses, whether it's Buck Owens or uh, whether it's like I say, a George the, the George H. W. Bush house, which is a very simple house. It I is. didn't even know that of its provenance when my brother lived two doors away from it. It's pretty amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us, how can the community get involved with preserving historical buildings here in Bakersfield? Oh, they, they need, it's, it's fine to talk to yourselves, talk to each other, but you need to be talking to the people you vote for. That's city councilmen, city council members, and your, your, your um, uh, supervisors. Okay. These are the people that matter, and they're the ones who make the decisions, and, they're the one, and uh, somebody in staff may already have an opinion, but as soon as their elected boss has a different idea, that changes. Exactly. That happened with the uh, uh, WPA Adobe house out in Hart Park. The mm -hmm. northeast corner of Hart Park is a, was a little two-bedroom residence, solid adobe, uh, built uh, in an unusual manner, being on a raised foundation, which is unusual for adobe construction, mm -hmm. um, designed by um, uh, um, W. Francis Parsons, architect who was the county architect the, at the time. This was a WPA finance project and they used Adobe because it's easy to work with. It doesn't take much to teach someone to, to use it and work with it. It's just one, it's a no-brainer method of construction. And um, the, cha the, the, the challenge that Adobe faces today as a material of construction is people don't understand it. And they try to assess it like it's um, cementitious masonry. It's not. It's its own animal. It doesn't, it doesn't even belong in the same category as cementitious masonry. You just have to put it, it's, it's in its own world. Right. And so that's why um, in, in uh, seismic events, unreinforced adobe buildings tend to survive much better than unreinforced cementitious masonry buildings. We had a, an adobe building went down in the 52 earthquake right here in town, but it wasn't built right. They used concrete based mortar oh. between the adobe blocks. So what you okay. had was a very fragile lattice of concrete with mud mm -hmm. filled in between. And so, yeah, that came down. You know, okay. that's, you don't do that. That makes total but sense. Anyway, that adobe house out there in Hart Park was slated for demolition. And uh, um, 
when um, Bill Cooper, then president of the Kern River Parkway Foundation, mm -hmm. uh, called me to, he said, you know, help. <laughs> and he said what was happening. They, he wanted to turn it into a visitor's interpretive center. And I think that's a great idea. So, but this was like almost five years ago. Right. And um, he, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, I uh, called the State Office of Historic Preservation, talked to, talked to somebody in, in Shippo and uh, told them what was going on. They made a phone call to uh, the um, uh, city, uh, to the county uh, general services and um, said, hey, and it uh, turned out, I found out later that they had, that, uh, that the uh, state attorney's office placed a call to the uh, preservation officer on the same matter, and so they ended up making a three-way call out of it. And the uh, short end of the story is the bulldozer stopped right there the day before it was going to knock the building down. It was a day away from being, being leveled. That's oh, and, and, and a nearby building had just been demolished and hadn't oh, been wow. hauled away yet. Oh, wow. And so the building got basically saved. It was just left. Right now, it still looks the same as it did, just a big mess, although the building is obviously very sound. It's all superficial stuff that's mm -hmm. trashed. Um, we, uh, the, uh, after a, after a, uh, a failed start, and, a, and a, we now have a real program to uh, make the thing um, into a visitor center. The uh, county has got a grant. They've got, it's, been gone, it's gone to planning. The construction drawings are all done. They're uh, in the permitting process now. That permit should be issued almost any time now. Um, we have the uh, Parkway Foundation hired a business uh, director to develop the operating plan. It's a, uh, she's a uh, master student going after her master's degree. Great. And we're her master's project. Her, Fantastic. We're her thesis. And so she's doing an excellent job. And so now, uh, even though I've been their historic consultant, I'm working for her now. That's and, wonderful. Uh, we expect to be open in the spring. Oh, that's great. And it's going to have uh, native plant gardens around to show, mm -hmm. uh, illustrate how you can landscape your yard to uh, for water sustainability. Right. And uh, the interior is going to have exhibits uh, from such organizations as the uh, uh, Buena Vista Museum of Natural History because they are involved with, of course, Shark's Tooth Hill, where we mm -hmm. have the uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Pleistine-era fossils, and that is... That is something that's just a stone's throw away from the house, even though it's across the river. Right. And um, uh, so that's going to be in there, along with um, exhibits and information from uh, the Sierra Club, Audubon, Native Plant Society, and uh, we're looking for uh, other uh, stakeholders, including the uh, an equestrian group that often find, feel themselves neglected in the uh, planning process here in the county. Well, that is wonderful. <clears throat> you know, I've often wondered... San Diego has their gas lamp district. Pasadena has Old Town Pasadena. Anaheim has their Colony Historical District. Why doesn't Bakersfield have something similar? We had 1952. <laughs> okay, Lori. I didn't think about that, but yeah, okay. That two, makes sense. Two very severe earthquakes just knocked the out of us, you know, just... Yeah. I mean... Um, I just uh, unpacked a stack of newspapers my parents had saved from the era, and the photographs in those yellowed newspapers are appalling. Oh, and, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, buildings, it's just such a mess. Right. And we lost so much because first came along, the, the first earthquake weakened a lot of buildings, and before uh, construction could begin to repair and, re and, and uh, strengthen them again and get them back in shape, boom, here comes the second okay. earthquake. Finish the job. And so 
buildings that were savable after the first earthquake went down, you know, right. and because uh, they were already compromised and hadn't had the repairs completed yet. I mean, it was just basically, it's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. But anyway, it's not. We had we had a China Alley like a lot of communities here mm-hmm. in town. I mean, mm-hmm. think of, of of Hanford for example. Right. You know, we had something like that here. Today we've got the alley, but it's nothing but dirt on one side and a big concrete tilt tilt slab building on the other and two plaques. Yeah. That's it. And okay. um, uh, other uh, buildings. Well, when um, there were the, all these buildings along Chester Avenue, uh, a lot of them do date from the 1880s to the early. World War One era, and yet you wouldn't know it because they're all kind of been sort of modernized on the front using federal funds, right. and um, they are not really good examples of modern architecture. You know, they're just simply, they look, they have the modern elements stuck on a building that's obviously the scale and proportion and mass doesn't work. And um, if you've been to a Sacramento's Old Town Sacramento, mm-hmm. um, you see these gorgeous old buildings, it looked a lot like Chester Avenue when they started, okay, or Baker Street, okay, uh, of, a, of a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I visited there in the in the late 1960s, or yeah, about 1970, I guess it was, and they had just simply chased all the street people out and uh, closed all and bought out all the businesses and, and things, and the survey work had been done, but it was basically a ghost town with plaster facades covering up interesting buildings. I remember looking at one column was a big square stucco column with all kinds of stuff promoting cigarettes and so forth written all over it and a couple holes punched in it by the surveyor and it peeked in the hole and Uh here's this beautiful ornate Mm. uh, granite highly detailed column hiding behind this ugly thing Mm -hmm. and uh, so now you go back there you see what they've done they've stripped off all that stuff and you and that granite column is now an exposed element same thing like they did with the with the bank building downtown right and um uh, so, to you know, um, a lot of the buildings it'd be really expensive to try to Absolutely. restore those facades. When they demolished some buildings on Chester Avenue up there around Twenty uh, Seventh, Twenty Eighth Street, um, to make parking lot for the um, uh, uh, hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, there were these. I saw. I didn't realize how old these buildings were, but there were these nineteenth-century-style cast iron uh, columns that. With the that, that separated the uh, uh, foldable doors that were typical for buildings of that era, mm-hmm. and those were, had been covered up for all these years, and there they were exposed for a short period of time. I suspect the reason they were like that was they were waiting for a salver to pick them up. You right. know, I think they've been sold. Right. So because they didn't get destroyed with the rest of the building. Yeah. Such a shame. Such a shame. Really a loss. is. Yeah. It's the other, the other point about the earthquake was the timing. 1952. Yeah. It was. We had just finished World War II. We had. We had been doing without. We had been been scrimping. We'd been saving. We'd been mm-hmm. not buying anything. We uh, everything was the war effort. Uh, right. Fighting the good fight. We did that. Darn it. We were ready to move on. Absolutely. You know, we were thinking about going into space. Look at the number of businesses that formed right after the war that have space lighted name, orbit in. You know, and right. other terms with the. Uh, uh, like the Astro Burger at the Kramer Junction, you know, with a Absolutely. picture of a, of a V2-looking rocket on the... We were the, looking forward. We were looking forward. And so all of a sudden, who wants to preserve anything? Let's get new. Exactly. You know? so there, was the, exactly. there was the plan. Yes, it, it, is, um, it is unfortunate for those of us here now, as we look back, because 
I'm very much like you. I love the past. I love looking at our history because I think it teaches us so much um, about where we have come from and it gives us roots. But I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on the Mills Act. You know, we touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> enacted in 1972, I believe, uh, the Mills Act was legislation that granted to participating local governments, so cities and counties to be specific, the authority to partner with owners of qualified historic properties who actively participate in the restoration and maintenance of their historic properties, the ability to receive some property tax relief. Um, so why do you think it is that the city of Bakersfield or the county of Kern doesn't participate or have a Mills Act um, participation? Well, it might be a combination of either short-term thinking as well, we're going to lose this tax money right, the tax without base. appreciating the fact that historically when the Mills Act is in place, property values around those historic buildings that get that benefit increase, and there you get your payback. Right. And the other is just um, maybe um, uh, apathy. Uh, people don't know about it or they really don't understand it. Um, the thing I get a lot from the different buildings like the, um, uh, uh, the board for the, uh, that manages the Masonic Hall downtown on 18th mm -hmm. Street, well, we have our building designated historic. We can't do anything to it. We can't make any changes. Yes. Well, that's not true. No, but, it's not. you know, it's just, it's, it, it is a common meme. And they will, and everybody wants to point to what happened to some guy in San Francisco that bought a uh, Richard Neutra designed house and then demolished it. And now he's been ordered to replicate it and rebuild it. Uh, oh. I don't think that's going to happen, but right. uh, that is, is an extreme case. And there's a lot more to it than, than just some of the simple things we're talking about in that he had um, basically been dishonest with planning when he ob obtained his uh, building permits to do some work to the place. And it was that dishonesty that I think is, is what spurred the action of, of the, of the Absolutely. city, the civic action against him. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not what we are dealing with here right. when we have a local building designated as historic. And if you, are, if you uh, sign a contract with the Mills Act in a community with the Mills Act, uh, re, 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 uh, protecting and uh, maintaining the historic element is not really a burden because if you have uh, good judgment in the management of your property, you're going to do that anyway, whether you're a Mills Act beneficiary or not. I would think. And if you if circumstances change and what's historic has to go, okay, yes, you can take it down. You can you can you can demolish it. We can't stop that. And it's just that you're going to lose your Mills Act benefit, and you're going to have to pay your full taxes. Absolutely. So do you think that the city of Bakersfield or the county of Kern will ever adopt uh, a Mills Act? I think we'll get there. Okay. But it's like anything else in government, I've, uh, as I've long discovered, is that working with government is like wading through mud. <laughs> you're not going very fast. Yeah. Mm. The wheels of government do not move very fast. No. They don't turn rapidly. But sometimes I've discovered it's like pushing a, a, a rolling a, a big stone up a steep hill you get to the top and you get, get to the other side give it one little push and down it Doom. goes and all of a sudden everything happens real fast you that bet. appears to be what's happening with that adobe house out in hart park with, with all this i mean even when uh, one of the um, uh, 
officers in, in um, uh, general services even said at one of our meetings, it says that we plan on demolishing the building, you mm -hmm. know. And then, of course, he had to walk it back because he had already been told by Supervisor Maggard that that wasn't going to happen. And um, uh, so that was, the, that was the key, was getting the support of the uh, elected people and having, having uh, Mike's support in this and that thing being in his, his, war, his district. Right. It's a big help. Yep. All right. Hey, well, Lori, I don't mean to interrupt, uh, but it is time for another break. So uh, if we can, take a quick minute to let everyone <coughs> freshen up their coffee or grab a drink. But before we go, Steve, why don't you tell everyone where to find more information about the Kern Historical Society? Google it, Kern, Kern County Historical Society. Uh, that's where you'll find some, um, some of this information. Also, I do recommend the City of Bakersfield's Historic Preservation Commission site. Uh, that, too, can be found uh, just by simply Googling. You can skip going through the Bakersfield City's homepage. All right, Adelaide. When we come back, let's finish up this discussion on the Mills app. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. The times we're living in are unparalleled, and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all your real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And if you're just tuning in this morning, we have the privilege of visiting with Steve Montgomery, member of the Kern County Historical Society and Bakersfield Historic Preservation Commission. And before the break, we were talking about the Mills Act. So, Steve, if Bakersfield was to adopt the Mills Act, would homeowners of historical homes be required to participate in the Mills program, or is it just optional? No, it's completely voluntary. 
uh, kind of like the um, uh, Williamson Act that uh, is for the benefit of uh, farmers and protecting farmland, it's something that the uh, property owner signs up for on their own. They uh, are not, um, there's no requirement that they um, uh, sign a, uh, an agreement, but it is a uh, contract agreement between the uh, municipality involved and the, and the property owner. So clearly the advantage is the tax benefit. Is there any disadvantage of participating in the Mills Act? Well, if there is, I can't uh, think of any. The, um, uh, uh, somebody else may enlighten me in this, but uh, uh, the uh, point is it's, it's voluntary. It's something that you uh, agree to, and if you don't want to agree to it, don't sign. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's pure and simple. That's the, that's the choice. That's and, what it uh, seemed like to me. It, uh, uh, people who participate uh, enjoy a benefit, and the, the, the idea being that savings in um, uh, taxes that the property owner receives is, is savings they can spend then on maintaining the historic element of their, of their building, mm. which, of course, is not, there's no budget there. It's just, that's just the idea is that they've got this extra um, asset that they can keep. Right, and that helps offset what they're spending to maintain the historical aspect of the property, which I think is great. Yes, that's correct. So what advice would you give to a buyer that might be thinking about purchasing a historical home? Um, First off, if they like the historic element of the house, then yes, go for it. If it's something that they don't like, if they're looking at it and the, the house looks the building looks odd to them because they don't care for the historic value. I would recommend them that they get a different property. It really, I really find offensive when somebody buys a a house, for example, that's designed by a a, a recognized architect, a, a house of high value design, well considered. When there are adjacent houses on similar properties that are not that way, but the buyer goes and gets this particular property, then the first thing they do is either do a bad job remodeling it or demolishing it completely. It was mm-hmm. like in uh, 2003 in um, uh, uh, Ran- Rancho Mirage in the uh, uh, Coachella Valley. There was a uh, well-known Frank uh, Richard Neutra-designed uh, home that was a uh, widely recognized historic masterpiece. And um, uh, this somebody came out from Chicago and they bought it and they promised to take care of it. And as soon as they took ownership, the first thing they did was bring in a bulldozer and level the place. Mm. And um, uh, then they uh, built some really odd-looking thing back in its place. And then they couldn't figure out why they were socially they were socially rejected in society in the Palm Springs area. Yeah. And they've since moved moved back out of the area. But this beautiful mid-century modern house designed by a clear master of design was gone. And it had just been recently restored, so it was in, <gasps> oh. it was in excellent condition. It was not something that was going to need work or anything like that. So that's the kind of thing that that I like to see people avoid. Is if you uh, don't value the the history or the value of the design, integrity of the design of the building, go somewhere else. Don't uh, assume because I don't like it, it's not good. Right. That makes perfect sense. Um, so what do you see as some of the important issues of preservation that are going to confront us in the next few years? And, and why do you think those issues might be important? Um, uh, climate change, energy consumption. Okay. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, that is the challenge that, that faces us. It faces us now. 
and it will face us more in the future. Um, the uh, uh, question comes up about, well, what if I want to do put solar panels on? Well, guess what? You can. Um, the uh, um, uh, one of the houses down uh, downtown, we have uh, uh, the uh, owner had applied for historic designation with the, with the city, and it was granted because it was, you know, a historic uh, element. And uh, he sub subsequently put um, uh, solar panels on the uh, on on the building, and uh, I um, I went over and examined it and uh, looked at the job and. Uh, uh, reviewed the permit because he had to come before the commission to uh, uh, get a permit, get his permit, and it turns out that the uh, uh, the solar electric company already is familiar with the Secretary of Interior standards for historic preservation on how you incorporate um, uh, solar panels into a historic building, and the thing was in full compliance, and okay. it, uh, it it looks good, and he's got his um, he's got his uh, solar panels. So it's uh, it's something that you can do. I'm I'm surprised. I would have thought that, but I I guess that is the forward thinking of um, <clears throat> of the the uh, commission on addressing um, the needs of the community. Because I would have thought that that would have been something that they would not have allowed, um, because. You typically don't think of solar panels as being in compliance with historically <laughs> <True>. designated <laughs> properties. Yes, I just would have. I would have thought, oh, that's a no-no. I can't yeah. do that. Um, so, so that's good to hear um, because as energy costs spiral out of control, um, it's good to know that there are ways that you can um, abate your costs by utilizing solar panels as long as they are in compliance. So the, other, the other issue is windows, you know, because there's a, a mm. point where you have energy losses through, through a Absolutely. single pane glass. And you have a house with uh, beautiful wood-framed uh, windows that are, or um, art glass windows. Um, there are contractors that work with these things where you put, it works like a, you do it like a storm storm window. It's mm -hmm. a, but an inside glass panel. Right. to uh, add the uh, add thermal integrity to a an otherwise thermally inefficient window right and there are uh, you can uh, google that one and uh, for for uh, proper and sound uh, preservation of historic windows in a historic building when mm -hmm. you're when your goal is uh, to save energy perfect that's great so for those of us who have a love of historical buildings and want to support your efforts Tell us about membership in the Kern Historical Society. Well, membership in the Kern Historical Society is easy. It's a it's a click and go type of thing on our website. Great. And, uh, the, but you have the option right there of downloading a uh, PDF copy of the membership application form. You know, and uh, uh, we like to have more members. I mean, uh, we like people interested in history because we send out a, a quarterly publication. The Kern Grapevine. That's a that's a historic document. It's something you probably end up wanting keeping. You know, it's not mm -hmm. not really a throwaway, and uh, it's it's a, a constant supply of local history with photographs and all. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the uh, 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 membership is um, uh, not expensive. So. It's not. It. I think for an individual, it's like twenty five dollars. I think yeah, for. Uh, business, it's fifty-five. Yeah, it's cheap. 
Yeah, it's very, very reasonable. And can you share with us the next event that you have coming up for the Corn Historical Society? Um, I don't know the exact date of it, but we have uh, frequently have guided tours downtown with a uh, docent that uh, is very familiar with uh, local history and the, and the events and sites of historical events. And those walks tend to be quite interesting. And uh, there will be uh, some of those be coming up this fall. That's great. Well, I see Adelaide giving me the signal that it's time to wrap up today's show. I can't believe how fast the time went by. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time away from your busy schedule to spend it with me and my listeners. Um, If you didn't jot down the website information earlier, grab a pen and be sure to Google Kern Historical Society or look at Bakersfield Historical Preservation Commission. That will get you information on how you can help participate in preserving the history of Bakersfield and Kern County. We'll be back next Sunday morning at 8 a.m. just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. I hope this week we've been able to provide all of you a little more clarity into the world of real estate, and I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your day and a fantastically blessed week ahead. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review on 1560 AM, 977 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll see you next week. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to, or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD. Online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there, and you can start packing.